A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, everyone. It is a lovely Friday afternoon, and we're in Cambridgeshire. We are in Cambridgeshire. We are at Wimpole Hall and the wonderful Cambridge History Festival. We are. Wimpole Hall is to our right. James, I want you to not look at the house, and I want you to tell me how many windows there are in it. <laughs> there are probably a lot of windows, Sam. Guess. I come would on, imagine there are 103. <laughs> and 20... Well, it depends whether you mean windows, or do you mean, do you mean individual panes, in which case there are probably several hundred Oh my there god, one, two, three, four, five, hundred. six, seven, eight, You've nine, got to stop. ten, here eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen panes in each window <laughs> times one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, 180 just there. So let's go 180, uh, let's go 200, 400, um, 600, 800. Um, a thousand windows. It's a fairly significant display. It's of quite a pile, isn't glacial it? Glacial wealth is glacial a word. If not, it should be. Yeah, it's amazing. So we've got the we've got Wimple Hall itself on our right, 1640s, I think it was first built. I think so. And yes. then on our left, we have a folly. I love a folly. So that to me is a it's a tower. It's like a full five story tower, and it looks like there is ruins around. Ruins, it. but they they are they will be deliberately built ruins. Yes. So I suspect that's been built to look like an old castle. Yes. Which is fantastic. So built in the 17th or 18th century to look like the ruins of a 12th century, 13th century castle. Tremendous. I grew up with a folly in my back garden Did as you? a small boy. Yes, between you, Were you the brought age up of... in Wimpole Hall? I wasn't. I was brought, <laughs> brought up in a very ordinary house in a little ta- little seaside town in Yorkshire called Hornsey. And it, the, the my parents named the house Tower House and there was a a folly in the garden and it was it was terrifying. Yeah. So the kind of place for nightmares. It's a bit of a gothic exactly. nightmare place, that, isn't it? It is. So, Wimpole Hall, we're here to do the History Festival. We are. We're doing the History Festival. We are talking in an hour's time. Andrew Roberts is currently on. He's doing an excellent church, talk on Churchill. And Melvin Bragg, as well, talking about one of his new books. Yeah. Who else is here? Lucy Worsley. Lucy Worsley uh, is Anthony here. Anthony Beaver, uh, the excellent Halley Rubenhold, Neil Oliver, uh, Claire Mully. Um, and it's a great place. They've got a dedicated kids marquee, kids event thing which I've not seen before at a history festival, and I think it's fantastic. So if you've got a family, you've got kids, you need to come to the Wimple History Festival. They had 500 kids here yesterday. Yeah. Which is tremendous. Over four days, um, and I think having a dedicated place for the children is a really, really splendid idea, because often there are these big marquees for adults to go in, and the kids are, you know, they, they roar around outside, and it's all very good. 
I, I was once invited to a history festival. It shall remain nameless. And they said, it's, a, it's going to be a proper adult history festival, so no kids running around. And they tried to sell that as a good idea. And it's they, dreadful. They definitely got the wrong person to try yes, and sell it. absolutely. Yeah, I am busy, my friend. I am not coming to your did, festival. Did you take along, take along, take along your entire family <laughs> and, and their friends <laughs> yeah. and run around the lawn? Wimpole Hall. What, what does Wimpole Hall mean? What's the unexpected history of Wimpole Hall, Sam? Um... Well, looking at it now, I would say symmetry. Symmetry? As much as anything. There's a, there's a really interesting history of symmetry here. I'm not a very symmetrical person. It makes me feel slightly uncomfortable when everything is perfect. But this place has been beautifully designed in the sort of classic 18th century way. I know Capability Brown, who's, he was a famous gardener. Can we call him that? He was a landscape Sculpt. architect. Yes, yes. Um, he's done it. So what's great about this place, well, it's, it's, it's an interesting historical observation, is that everywhere you look, kind of looks both natural and unnatural. So we've got this very formula, formulaic, um, well-laid out, well laid out garden. garden. So you've got symmetrical patterns of box hedges all the way around us, um, manicured trees. Um, so they've obviously been deliberately cut by humans. It's all, it's all about controlling nature on the one side. Then you've got this fence. And then on the other side, it is in theory wild. So you've got big elms, you've got big oak trees. We've got all sorts of uh, there's wonderful space and parkland. But the trick, of course, is that it's, it's not wild. It's been no. deliberately manipulated no. to be like it, that. Absolutely. For me, uh, Wimpole Hall is about lawn invasion. Mm. Uh, the, house, the house sort of passed down several generations and it ended up being owned by the daughter of Rudyard Kipling, <laughs> who lived here. And she got so annoyed with the hoi polloi coming up and gawping at her gates. Do you know what she did? She went to the local village and took a picnic and some friends and ended up having a picnic on somebody else's lawn. <laughs> wow, to make up yes, points. Yes, to, to, to make up for it, yes. I wonder if she had she much was, sympathy. She was, I really, doubt it. she was really cross. But it also has a splendid library, doesn't it? It does. It's got a splendid library. Thousands of books. 6,000 6, or so books. And, and what is this is a National Trust property. And what's remarkable about National Trust properties is that they have inherited literally tens of thousands of books. Um, normally when you're wandering around as a visitor, you, you aren't allowed to touch and you, aren't, you, know, you, you just observe the, the books. But the National Trust has got them all catalogued. And if you go to the right people, and there is a curator of rare books at the National Trust, several curators, uh, you're able, as a, as a scholar, and probably if you, if you had a letter of introduction, you would be able to go in and to look at these libraries and work through them. And what's interesting about a library within a house is about the reading within the household. So are these, were these books, these 6,000 books, merely for ornamentation? Were they merely to look nice on the shelves? Or were people actually coming down and reading them? And what's interesting is to think about the family, the people that were there, the kinds of books that are there, how they were collected over time, and who is going in and reading them. I'm that's, a sucker for a library. That's amazing, because we talked about the one in uh, Powderham Castle. Yes, we, we did. Family library. Yes, we did. So it's about how the collection was made, and then you think about who, who accessed the books, how and when. Yes. Um, the interesting thing about the inside of this house is that it was basically empty in the 30s. Right. So it was stripped, a lot of it was sold. Um, so 
the collection inside, which is really impressive, is actually a new collection of old Wimpole Hall stuff. Uh, so it's come back a okay. lot of it. Okay. So it's not, it's not a kind of one of these places which has had a constant level of occupation, which is amazingly rare. Yes. And if you, if you ever think that somewhere has, you're probably wrong. And a lot of stuff has gone away or come back or it's not been on show. Everything changes. The inside of these houses will change. It'll be different in five years' time, different uh, five years ago. Um, it's got a yellow drawing room. Did you know that? I did not know that. Buckingham no, Palace I haven't has been a yellow here drawing room and I did a bit of looking on the train up here and there are loads of houses and castles that have yellow drawing rooms and I know nothing about that but it's obviously a thing. It's obviously a thing. They, I mean, whenever, we should do some research on that. 18th of the 19th century, they, people started having yellow rooms and I'd love to know why. There's some kind of significance of yellow. It's uh, bright, it's uplifting, it's sunny true those are all true but i think it's a bit more significant <laughs> is, is that relevant than that. <laughs> yeah. i think there might be some kind of important cultural history to it well we, i was thinking people people were maybe when we went to stowe did we we went did we go into the blue room there's a blue room yes we did yes right so it's the same principle yes but they they're, they're, they're but moving around yellow. the cousins it's, it's yellow. yellow but yellows are here and i've not been to the one in buckingham palace and i really want to go oh you should ask you should ask to be invited to tea yeah That'd be um, nice, wouldn't it? Do you know, for me, a house like this and a National Trust property is all about consumption of history. Wow. So it's all about the way in which the National Trust as a body packages up the past. I mean, basically what they're doing here is they're selling Downton Abbey in a particular way. It's sort of wrapped up and dandified and they interpret the past in a very sort of, you know, aristocratic, genteel. They sometimes do the sort of upstairs, downstairs way, but it's presented in a, in a particular way. What's great about it is the way in which they open up the past, the heritage of this country, to a very, very broad population. But they're doing exciting things with different kinds of interpretation, different kinds of interpretation strategies yeah. at the moment. I read a bit about it. They say you can go and explore the the, the basement where the where the people downstairs used to used to work and where, where the servants lived. And it was presented yeah. as a very polarised... Upstairs, downstairs, Downton Abbey thing, kind of Which didn't thing. ring true to me at all. No. Um, and I'm sure that life was infinitely more complex than yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Got to, I suppose you've got to sell a house and the different parts of it any way you can, and that's one way of doing it. Absolutely. Um, there's an interesting bathhouse in here. Ooh. Well, not a bathhouse. Have you been in? Kind of a, no, but um, I know that the, it was designed um, after the designer and the owner, I think particularly the designer, John Soane, had yes. just come back from Pompeii. Hmm. So he'd been to Pompeii and he'd seen the ruins in um, the 18th century and come back inspired and, and built, a, built a plunge pool. Um, and interestingly, they put it next to the chapel, which is a really weird place for a bath. And I'm, I think you pray and then you plunge. Yes, you do. <laughs> Did you know that Queen Victoria and Prince Albert visited the hall on the 27th of October, 1843? And it was, it was, they apparently listened to a series of speeches by local politicians, including the Earl of Hardwick. Dinner was served for 26 people. A ball was held. And um, Her Majesty then, on the following day, visited a farm. And this was all reported in the Spectator magazine. And I, I'll read you a little extract. The Queen and Prince Albert have returned to Windsor Castle from their visit to Cambridgeshire. Before the dinner at Wimpole on Friday, addresses were delivered to Her Majesty and the Prince from the county by the Earl of Hardwick, Lord Lieutenant, and it goes on, blah, 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 blah. Covers were laid at dinner for 26. At night, the principal apartments were thrown open for a grand ball. 
At the south end of the gallery was a dais carpeted with crimson cloth, and on the dais a sofa covered with a beautiful piece of drapery given by Louis the Fourteenth to the poet Prior, and by him to the Earl of Oxford, the possessor of Wimpole before its purchase by the Lord Chancellor Hardwick. The company began to arrive at nine o'clock, and at half-past nine the royal party repaired to the gallery. The Queen wore a light primrose-coloured silk dress, brocaded with gold and colours, a wreath of flowers with diamonds and emeralds, and the ribboned and jewel of the garter. Her Majesty took her seat on the dais, and the persons of her court and of the mansion ranging themselves on either side. The Queen opened the ball with the Earl of Hardwick, Prince Albert dancing in the same quadrille with the Countess of Hardwick. At half-past eleven, the Queen and Prince Albert withdrew, and after spending half an hour in the supper room, retired to rest. Isn't that a lovely little... That's brilliant. ...little bit? Yeah. See, I did my research on Wimpole Hall before oh, we came here. It raises the important question of the history of sitting. I like it does. the fact that Ooh. not only did she sit, but it was deemed worthy of recording that she sat. Yes. That's odd, isn't it? I'd assume that the Queen sits most of the time. Do you think she journeyed around with her own sofa? <laughs> or do you think they brought it out? I don't know. I'd love to. Or maybe she had a special sofa built for her here. Maybe, yes. Be here. Yes. Um, Excellent. So we, uh, we're we on in a minute. We will do our usual um, normal show, but we're doing a bit of um, investigating and research into our new show, which is going to be The Unexpected History of the Tudors. Yes. Looking forward to that. And actually, it's made, why it made me think about windows, because there's a bit of... Bit of throwing people out of windows in the There tutors. is. Bit of bit of defenestration. There is. Um, and a little bit of it. If there was a window here you'd like to throw someone else off, James, which one would it be? I think it would be that top one. I think you could get out of it, there'd be a balcony. Uh, you'd need and a balcony, you can you? you could um you could you could manhandle them out of the out of the window and push them over the balcony. Do you think you need an audience to throw someone out of a window? Is that the point of it? No, I think well, maybe I've no idea. Let me think about that I for a little more. I reckon you do. I've only just thrown. I reckon you do. I reckon you need a busy street, and it needs to be a bit of a thing. Or is the symbolism of actually you've got a window, therefore you can throw it out in peace and quiet, and and you you you. you I mean, the idea is that you you. I imagine part of the idea is that you disable or kill the person that you're throwing out of the window. Yeah. And it's it's the ultimate insult to somebody. I can't stand what you're saying. Get out! And you hurl them out of the window. Which raises the the important question of the history of height. I reckon it's all to do with falling as well. Height's really important, because I don't reckon there's going to be a lot of people being thrown out of ground floor windows. No. No. So your choice of top's good. And I reckon you need a bit of of air time. Yes. And, And I think... You need an audience. You, and you need height. Um, the, um, the Puritan diarist, Nehemiah Wallington, uh, tried to commit suicide by hurling himself out of a window. Hmm. Um, but it was, it was too low down and he survived. <laughs> Just, did he not die of shame afterwards? <laughs> the diary continued. <laughs> the next morning, woke up very embarrassed. Must try harder next time. Exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, should we do our little routine? Which raises the, the important, important question, question of which, which raises the important, the important which raises the important, important question, question of, of the history of, of gloves hands, hands hands gloves all sorts of things perfume yeah hair no 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 it's hand, <laughs> hands gloves perfume watches hair scars scar, smile chimney signatures hands yeah and it all um it all makes sense if you come to the show guys yep um 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. That's us over and out from our green room chat at Wimple Hall. We'll it is. It is. A, it's a green. It's an outside <clears throat> green room. It literally is green because we're out here looking at this wonderful garden. Yeah, Chalk Valley next week, and then um, we've just found out we're doing the Gloucester History Festival in the autumn. Yes. So hopefully see you all there. Bye, guys. Bye. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.